Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Guys, hello, it's Mace here. Welcome to today's drop-in. Ah, oh, we have had so many different kinds of footballing jobs represented on here so far. A director of football, a former vice chair of a Premier League club, an England manager, former players of great distinction. So this week we wanted to drop in on a current player that producer Finn and I really admire. And even better guys, he's a footballer who genuinely likes doing interviews. So we packed up our kit and headed down the road to the Brentford Community Stadium to see Ben Mee. You might notice there's no discussion of his elite scissor kick against Wolves this weekend, or indeed what it feels like to get up close and personal with Diego Costa's forehead. That's because we recorded the conversation before the game. But yeah, we are going to be telling all potential future guests that that's the magic that happens after you come on the drop-in. First up, a tour of the G-Tech. Let's get into the drop-in with Ben Mee. Thank you so much for joining us on the drop-in. It's Thank brilliant you. to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, good to be here. And we're here in Brentford Stadium as well because we wanted to basically get a sense of what your match day routine is like or what it yeah. feels like to walk out onto the pitch for a big game. Yeah. Perhaps like a game against Manchester United just to pluck one from uh, yeah. from nowhere for this season. That was season. a good game, yeah. That yeah, was it was one game. of our good games. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's obviously all new to me really this season, coming out here and doing this and managed to do it a few times now, which is it's been great, but... No, it's a it's a really good stadium, great uh, great little stadium, but it's it's very um, very loud on a on a match day. The fans certainly get behind us. Um, I say it's not the biggest, but it's certainly loud, and 
um, has a really good feel to it. So, you know, really, been, really enjoyed playing here so far. Okay, and if so, match day, right? Yep. You're, you're, you're getting ready. Yep. We're about to head out onto the pitch. What are you thinking? Um, I'm generally quite relaxed about it. Um, trying to, I've recently tried to take it all in, you know, try and enjoy it as much as I, as I can. And um, sometimes when I was younger, I'd, I'd be so focused, I wouldn't really notice anything going on around me. But I think as I've got older, um, trying to enjoy it more and, and trying to take in a few you know, a few bits that, you know, probably wouldn't have seen before. Um, walking out, I'll probably um, try and spot my family up there, give them a little wave. Oh, come on, let's go. Let's go and imagine that, Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, walking out and, um, yeah, usually a camera in your face trying to trying to get some pictures so you try not to look too daft, but no, enjoying the, the surroundings and the, and the atmosphere, especially on big games, yeah. trying to take it all in. And then we're walking out onto to line up um, and then, yeah, the families usually sit sit up there in, in that in that bit so my little boy likes to to see me wave to him so try and give him away before the game amazing and is then, he good for a full game he's like he can concentrate and he's like happy. yeah he does now yeah he's, he's he's four now so he's he's sort of getting into it a little bit more comes to the games and yeah he's got he's got into his football quite a bit uh, i've got a two-year-old as well little girl so she she's uh you know following in that way as well enjoying enjoying the games and and to be fair they sit there quite well um when when my little lad was was two he, we just couldn't sitting down anywhere for, for more than five minutes except when he comes to a game at football so that was the only time literally he would sit there on, on someone's knee and, and and be quiet so that's yeah. pretty awesome so where are we going now if you were then you're, um, I mean, obviously so the got... game we, we're going to the pitch line up yeah and then um, shake hands um, the music was on and I usually run off into that corner yeah um, give the fans a little clap and then they have a little routine when I come along the 18 yard line and, and run up to the up to the halfway line and got this little thing where I like to pick out a few bits in the in the crowd um, just to focus my eyes really because we had someone in a while ago at, at the club and used to say that you know uh, players warm up and warm the muscles and that but they don't warm their eyes up and right. I found that really interesting like you know because yeah. sometimes you see players like looking into the the floodlights or whatever in, in a match and, and getting lost in the, in the floodlights but so I try and just pick out a few bits and just random stuff and yeah and try and look at that and have a look at their team as well seeing seeing if they're you know how they're looking sort of a little bit and and okay so not to go on about the Manchester United game but what you did score which is, yeah yeah with respect not something that happens to you all that often and you beat Manchester United 4-0 mm. what did that what did that feel like in in terms of the fans and oh, the was, environment yeah the atmosphere and the, and the fans um it, it was a really good game to play in you do feel the energy when the crowd's up um when it's a bit flat you can sort of tell that as well a little bit so being a Manchester lad, it was nice to, to score against United. My father in laws a United fan, and my brother in law, and you know their side of the family are, are red. So it's nice to nice to get that goal, and um, you know playing playing against a team like that as well, and, and winning four 0 doesn't come around every every day. So uh, it's one of the things you have to enjoy it. You have to take it a little bit in, and you know I think I've done that more more as I've, I've got older and a bit more experience. So awesome! Thank yeah. you so much. All right, we're going to get you inside and sit in the away dressing room that's okay. where we're doing not the been interview in there yet, oh right yep. well, I'll show you around thank you <laughs> we stood in by Mbomo mighty leap by Tony it's still alive it's bundled in Ben Mee leads the celebrations as Manchester United look around for a flag that isn't going to come the misery piled on half an hour played Brentford 3 Manchester United 0 Thank you so much again for um, for taking the time to sit down with us no and uh, for for braving the away dressing room. Mm. It's, it's it looks good in here, doesn't it's, it? It's a nice dressing room. It's, it's 
better than some home dressing rooms, I'm sure. Yeah. Have yeah. you have you ever been in one where you've thought, oh, there's like rusty nails on the wall and stuff like probably that? Probably one at Turf Moor. The away dressing room was probably like that. So um, that was like for a while. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, there's, a, there's a couple around the grounds that are, are um, not great, but I've been improved. Um, one at Palace was was quite tight, but they've they've improved that now. And uh, I thought it was the idea was always to just like try and psych people out. Yeah, it used to be. I think right. I think times change now though. I think it's more hospitality. I don't know. Like yeah, it's a little bit more hospitality. I think and probably doesn't really mean as much anymore to try and you know I don't know psych out the opponent or anything like that. I guess we really thought it'd be cool to talk to you partly because it feels like you were someone who's really found their voice in the last few years. You've started talking a lot more about things that are important to you. And and do you think, why do you think it's important for footballers to talk about stuff that they believe in? Um, I think for me, I, I found how much sort of influence, I guess, uh, professional footballers in general can can have on, especially younger younger people, younger generation, um, and, and have a bit of a, a voice. You know, I, it surprised me. I, I spoke after a City game Playing through across, across uh, you know the the Etihad and the reaction I got from that and and sort of the spin-offs and, and being able to talk it kind of opened my eyes a little bit to to how much impact you, I guess you can have as a as a sportsman especially in the Premier League where it's so widely um, you know watched and the amount of countries that are involved and the amount of attention that it receives. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about that, that was when. Um a small group of fans got together to fly White yeah. Lives yeah. Matter Burnley yeah. over yeah. the the well, it was a 5-0 defeat in the end wasn't it, was, it? Yeah. um but the mm. main thing that people remember from that is is you coming out and saying you felt embarrassed and ashamed I think were your words yeah yeah and I was I wasn't sure what I was going to say after the game I, you know I didn't know what I was going to say and um it, I just felt like I spoke and I didn't, I didn't really remember what I'd said sort of thing it was one of the moments where I was just like in a bit of a, a rage and stuff and and yeah and then the reaction from it uh, after that and then you know you feel like okay I managed to do, I kind of grew from speaking about it as well and, and and my values and my feelings on it as well sort of thing and and sort of being honest I guess like about it so yeah were you worried to come out and say something so like deliberate no I wasn't and- I wasn't worried at all no um, because I knew sort of my values and what what I stand for I think if you sort of speak like you know what you for what you stand for it doesn't really matter really I, I know I spoke on behalf of nearly everybody at the club, obviously, apart from them people that, that did that. But, you know, I was speaking for, for everyone, you know, fans, fan base and everyone everyone involved within the club and, and with, you know, on the outside as well. It's important to have people who are at the top, you know, who are the captains saying mm-hmm. that sort of thing because mm-hmm. it's important to show support for your fellow players, yeah. right? Yeah, that I think it's important. Was- yeah, for sure. Leadership and, you know, I think it's important for, for any leader to, you know, whether it's a dressing room or, or anywhere else in, you know, work, business or anything like that. Um, the country, I guess, to come out and and speak about uh, things positively. Yeah. What I mean, what do you make of that? Speaking about the country and political <laughs> stuff, like, uh, what do you make of it? That whole footballers should stick to football thing. Why? Why do you think people say that? Um, it's an easy thing to say, isn't it? Really, it's an easy thing to say. It's an easy thing to say about anything, really. Um, football should stick to football, but anyone's allowed an opinion on anything. At the end of the day, it's just that sometimes your opinion gets sort of enhanced and. Um, goes a bit further, I guess. So I think as a footballer, it, it probably does that whenever someone speaks out. Um, but yeah, everyone's allowed a general opinion or something. It's just that it's inflated if you if you're sort of in the public eye or whatever. But right. you know, it's still allowed your your opinion. As in, you 
say something and lots more people hear it. Of course. So yeah. that's probably what the fear is yeah. for politicians. But you for go example. down local pub or anything like that, everyone's got their opinion about something. It's just not, you wouldn't say stick to building or doing whatever you're doing, plumbing, just stick to that. You, you have a conversation <laughs> about it, don't you? But it's just like as a footballer, you, you get, you know, you say something, it, it, it might be sort of to a number of people and then it, all of a sudden it's on multiple different platforms and, and going out there to the world and then, yeah, it just gets enhanced a little bit more. Um, but, you know, it's not it's not always a, a good thing when someone speaks out, you might say the wrong thing, but that's the, that's the, the risk you take and that's the, you know, line tread. Do you think it's a class thing to some degree? Because, you know, footballers, far more people from working class backgrounds, yeah. things like that. So, again, with politicians, maybe mm. they're not. Oh, yeah. Politicians-wise, if a footballer comes out and says anything, yeah, I think potentially it is a, a class thing. There's a lot of working class players, um, lads from, yeah, from working class areas that, that have an opinion. And, yeah, some people just don't like it, I guess, if, if they're trying to um, sort of have their influence on anything. Yeah, I'll sort of like that in, in that sort of that way. Yeah, interesting. Mm, yeah, you got them. It's good that you're. I mean, I, I obviously think it's good, but you're right. Mm. Clearly, if you're coming out and saying something really horrible, then people yeah. might be like, "How can we get this guy to stop, yeah. stop talking yeah. so much?" Yeah, this is a line, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. for sure. And you had kind of grown into your position doing that as well at Burnley, because of course you'd been there. Um, by that point, would it have been ten years, and then mm -hmm. eleven years by the time you left? And you were seen as this—you know—you're this like one club man. So it must have been quite mm -hmm. bizarre to to ultimately come here and leave and have such a different environment. How has that been for you? Um, you know, it's been a really good move for me. Uh, a different challenge, and yeah, you know, I've en enjoyed it. I've embraced it, and obviously, the circumstances of, of leaving the club wasn't ideal. Uh, you know, um, leaving the club when they've been relegated was was tough. Um, I thought I'd been there for so long. I, I cared a lot about the club and you know the people that were there and and everyone around it. So that was tough to to leave that. And um, yeah, right up until sort of the last last day, didn't didn't really know how how it was going to go. And everything was you know we were really positive about it. And uh, yeah, a lot happened in those final sort of six, seven, eight weeks or so. And uh, yeah, it's led to led to me being here. But I'm enjoying it. And like I say, another challenge, new challenge, and learning new things all the time. So yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah, it's a great club and a great, great new stadium as we've, mm. as we've already had a little look around that's already made some quite good memories that you've been a part of. Yeah. Um, with the situation at Burnley then, do you think, I, look, I know, oh, blah, 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 you don't make excuses in the mm. moment, but it's now, you're away from that season. Mm -hmm. yeah. One of the things that I thought, because there was quite a lot of games that were cancelled or moved due to COVID for Burnley. Do you think that was something that really kind of disproportionately affected you guys? Yeah, we had a... I'm was, not giving you a way out no, here. Not, no, yeah, not at all. I mean, we had a lot of ridiculous scenarios. I mean, we, one game we were on the way to Villa, getting on the coach at the hotel, ready to go there, and all of a sudden the game's been cancelled because two of the players have got COVID or whatever. And, it, you know, it, it was very frustrating. Um, we had one... Uh, snowed off as well. Oh, yeah. We were, was that the one when Sean Dyche was in a shirt and everyone else was yeah. in like... Yeah, well, the funny thing was our chem was on the pitch digging up snow and like trying to get the game on and stuff and the gaffer just walks out and walks back in and everything's about him and uh, it was it was quite funny. Um, oh, yeah, that's a better story, really. Yeah, but... no, but obviously a lot of people, a lot of staff members were, were on that pitch trying to get the snow off and, um, you know, we had our club secretary on there and, and they were all just, you know, grafting and trying to, trying to get the game on um, because we knew 
that I think it was Spurs that had a weakened side as well a little bit. So we were kind of like, you know, we've got a good chance here of of getting something. Um, and there's a couple of other games as well. We, I think we travelled and all of a sudden, yeah, um, games. And then we had a little big backlog. No, so we ended up playing uh, Villa last sort of week of the season. Um, so we didn't have really a, a week to prepare for the, the final game. Um but yeah, it was it was it was tough towards the end of the season. Um, but I had no excuse. I mean, we haven't been good enough all season, and uh, we, you know, it, yeah, it was difficult. It was difficult. Some things had happened in the season. You know, we lost our, you know, goal scorer in in, in January, and uh, and yeah, when you sort of lose your man that's going to score the goals for you, he'd been really good towards the end of every season for us. So we'd sort of come good sort of towards the end of the season, and we relied on him a little bit. So. Yeah, um, that was that was tough. So we had a few knocks, knocks along the way. It's quite it's this far, fine margins thing as well. Of course, yeah. Because Bernie did, as you say, seem to come into things more towards the end of the season, and yeah. it had almost got to the point as well where Bernie would stay up, you know, yeah. for the last. Yeah, we. Yeah, it was a bit of frustration though. We got away with it a little bit. I felt in in a couple of seasons, um, we hadn't done as well as probably what we could have been doing, and we sort of rallied towards the end of the season and and stayed up and. You know, you can't rely on doing that every season. Um, <laughs> it's you need stressful, to improve and move forward. Really... Yeah, you need to improve, move forward, and we stood still a little bit for a, for a little bit of time. I felt. Why do you reckon that was? Yeah, there's there's a number of reasons. There's a number of reasons. Investment, you know, lack of ideas, you know, a lot of lot of reasons. Um, yeah, it was it was frustrating time a little bit for the three years. So um, yeah, I felt like we got away with it a little bit. Yeah, and of course. In the season where you did go down, Sean Dyche left the club quite close towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. which seemed kind of from the outside, probably did seem like a bit of a weird moment. But did, was it was it obvious that that was coming? Uh, I don't know. If it was obvious, uh, obviously the timing of it, um, so close to the end of the season. Um, but you know the players rallied and we we give it a real good go. I, you know, I'm not sure we'd have got the amount of points on the board if we'd have sort of just carried on the way we were going. Right. Um, so we gave it a good go. Uh, ultimately, you know, the chairman made the decision, uh, and you know, we we were close to doing it. To be fair, we were close to staying up really again. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's what it is. We weren't good enough over the season. Yeah. On Sean Dyche. Sorry, got to ask about the worms thing. Does he mm-hmm. eat the worm? Does he eat the full worm, or is it just biting the worm's head off? <laughs> ben, you've got it. So you've got you've got to be. Precise on this, because like, uh, is he eating the entire worm, start to finish? I, I don't know where this is. Where this from. <laughs> I really don't. I, I might have seen him do it early on, but a long time ago. Um, you have seen him do it, though. I, I, I don't know whether he did do it or just picked it up. He might have put it in his mouth for a split second and just put it out and and gone just like as a joke. But but he's a joker. Is that what it is? Uh, I think he. I think. In and around the media and the press, he jokes quite a lot and stuff and that. And yeah, you know, he, he did a little bit, but um, probably more in sort of the media and the press and things. So, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. So is he scary? What, to, give no, us a vibe. Scary, no. What was no. he like to work under? He's, you know, he's, 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 I don't know, he is quite, uh, he was a little bit standoffish towards the end. Um Beginning, um, yeah, very approachable, um, yeah, and sort of somewhere in between. Did you think we'll move on? <laughs> did, you, did you think you'd stay? Did you think you'd stay at Burnley for good? Uh, me or him? You. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have, have been there for a long, long time. And um, yeah, but my my idea was to keep them in Premier League as, as long as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I enjoyed playing there, so I had no reason to to leave. Um, but yeah, things things change and things move on. And ultimately, I wanted to play in the Premier League and and uh and yeah there was a, there was a few reasons a few reasons why um i had to i had to leave in the end um you know i wasn't um sure that the club were going to reinvest as well uh, in at the end at the end of the season i knew a few players were going to be leaving um so and then contract wise you know it, what i got offered was was not going to work at all um, and a few of the other lads as well who were, who were being offered 80% pay cuts and things and things like that so right. it's very difficult for, for somebody to to take that as well when you know they can probably play a bit higher so you know the fact that players are going to leave um, there's going to be a lot of change um, I was a bit unsure so ultimately you know I had to make a decision so mm. for me it was um, yeah it was a difficult one it was really difficult but, um, but like I say I'm, I'm really enjoying the new challenge so Probably it's probably been good for me as well. Yeah, and the money thing—it's not just about the money, is it? It's about the kind no, of what they're factors. saying about yeah, you. There was a lot of factors. If they're saying, "Oh, you—you know—you know, you have to have, take an eighty percent pay cut or whatever," it's not just—it's like how how are you valued? Yeah, no, it's it's how you valued. It's but it's it's a lot of different sort of scenarios. Um, you know, whether is the club going to come back up in the Premier League? Is it going to do everything it can to come back up in the Premier League? If you're not sure about that, you know, you Burnley had we had Taki leaving, we had Popey leaving, um, Collo leaving, Dwight leaving. Max leaving, mm. um, you know, a lot of players were going. So you're kind of like thinking, if I stay, am I just going to be left behind her? <laughs> do you know, like, it's, yeah. it is one of them, you know, as much as you want to help the club and, and, and do the club, you've got to kind of think a little bit about, you know, your career. You know, I'm 32, 33 now. Uh, I was 32 at the time. And, you know, thinking I want to make the most of what I, what I can. I want to be in the Premier League for as long as possible. Mm. You know, it'd be great to bring the club back up to the Premier League, but is that going to happen? Is it going to be reinvested? Are you going to, you know, try and build the club and all that. So it, it, loads of things were going through my mind, and um, yeah, it was it was a, a tough decision. Like, but um, one, I'm, I'm you know really glad that the minute the club's doing well. So you know, I'm, I'm enjoying watching them from afar. Um, yeah. Obviously, still very much a, a fan. You know, I know Vincent from from a time at City. So uh, really pleased that he's doing really well as well. So and, and and the boys that are still there doing doing fantastic. So hopefully they can go on and have a really good season. And, Hopefully they can play against him that season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing um, that I thought might have influenced it as well was you were you were helping Mike Jackson, weren't you, towards the end of the season in more like a coaching role. Yeah. So I wondered if that might have been something that made you want to stay and do more kind of coaching influence because that's something that interests you, isn't it? It does, yeah, but it it wasn't on the table. It wasn't right. Um, wasn't offered to me. So um, yeah, it was. You know, I was offered a contract end of April, 25th of April, and then nothing after that. So I wasn't aware of anything that was available. There was no contact after that. So it was literally done. Um, And and yeah, so that interests me, um, being in sort of that kind of role. um, Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I I learned a lot. I became a better player from it, I think, um, going into this season, um, learning a little bit more about the other side of it. So uh, I think that's helped me become a, a better player as well. Yeah. So did you were you just like oh this is something that I'm I'm interested in or how did at, it go because you were doing you wanted your badges and all that sort of thing I think. yeah I, I, I sort of looked into it and, and doing it just to get the time to do it but at the time though the the, the chairman um, asked me to 
to do the role. Mm. Um, spoke with him. Uh, and yeah, he, he, he might have asked me to do a bit more of the role, but I, I refused. Uh, I, I said I'd help out. Um, but no, I, I just wanted to help the club. I wanted to get fit. I wanted to be around the players and, and you know, I, th- I felt like I could get fit for the end of the season. Um, I'd, I'd fractured my leg. I was told I could be back in five, six weeks by somebody, which was never going to happen. Oh, um, so I was trying to force it a little bit. Um, and yeah, ended up doing that role. It was great to be in and amongst everybody and trying to have a bit of influence on on the outcome. Working with Mike Jackson uh, and Jenko as well, it was fantastic. So um, yeah, I'm... Yeah, we were we were gutted at the end of it. We couldn't sort of do it and keep 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 the club up, but um, it was a good experience. Well, Mike Jackson certainly gave it a go, but it is the end of the road for Burnley in the Premier League. In the wake of their 140th anniversary, the celebrations have been cut short. Burnley are consigned to the Championship after a six-year stay among the elites of English football. Leeds have won, Leeds are safe, Burnley are relegated. It's like a development of your leadership style, yeah. I guess, as well, which is something that's been going since you were captain and yeah. and particularly through the pandemic, it felt like as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's like it's that learning, isn't it? It's like growing as a person, growing as a, I guess, a leader. If that's something that you can see yourself doing, yeah, you try and throw yourself into different things and it's a little bit out of your comfort zone, but, you know, you learn from it, you grow from it and... And then you, you go on to the next thing that, that becomes even probably more out of your comfort zone and then you, you grow from that and you just carry on going as much as you can. What do you think your what do you think about your leadership? What are your leadership skills? Uh, what do you think? I don't know. Makes I mean, you a leader. I think uh, communication. I think uh, I like to talk about things. I like to, you know, I'm not a, a shouter or a baller or anything like that. Um, you know, I think conversations with people, talking, um, maybe leading from example on the pitch. I don't know. Um, someone else will have to oh. tell you that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, but I, I, I do try and, and try and perform week in week out. I think as a captain, I think that's important. You you, you perform week out, so I learned that obviously at Burnley. Um, I've taken it here and tried to perform uh, every week, so you can have that voice because if you're not playing well and you're not doing well, it's hard. It's difficult to have that voice or you know be that person that that goes to somebody. So ultimately, you need to be playing well and and performing week in week out and having that consistency to in order to be able to you know I think voice your opinion mm. when you came here you were or the way it was perceived as you were more like a helping to because Ethan Pinnock was injured mm-hmm. and then Chris Fire as well so yep. it, your role then would have been more support how does that change your mentality I guess in a club yeah um so I spoke to the manager early in the in the summer actually and he mentioned to me, he was very honest, I really enjoyed talking to him and um, he mentioned to me about him having centre-halves and uh, you know, I'd spoke to other clubs as well and you know, I wasn't sure um, about the, about um, coming to a club where I was not going to be first choice initially because I was wondering if I was going to have that opportunity to prove myself, really. Um, you know, and you know, I really enjoyed talking to Thomas and he was very honest with me. I really appreciated that with him and, and then a couple of weeks later... Um, there was a couple of injuries here, so I was, um, you know, I, I was straight on it. As, as he, he rang me, he said, "Look, we've had a couple of injuries. Um, it's like you will start the season." And then for me, that was like, okay, so I've got 
a few games maybe to show what I'm about. And yeah. I back myself to to keep my place um, when he sees what I'm about sort of thing. So I was like, yeah, I fancy that. I fancy going to the, that club. And um, I really think it'll it'll suit me down to the ground. I think once he sees me playing, you know, I think, you know, it's up to me then to, to keep my place rather than waiting and waiting and waiting and becoming a little bit, you know, disillusioned. I, I'm not someone that would try and rock a boat or anything like that. I'd, I'd just be trying to do my thing, um, trying to get into the team. But obviously, if you've got if you've got set players that the manager trusts, then it's hard to break that down. But if you're going in there and, and playing, and, uh, you know, it was up to me then to, to keep my place and try and keep my place. So I'm still trying to do that. I'm still, I'm still you know, it's always a it's always a challenge. Even, even you know, when you're a set player in the team, you're always playing for your, your place, you know, and that's where competition comes in. Some... Something I've always been good at is competing against somebody for for my my position all right. through my my career. My young, um, even being a young lad, um, I've always wanted to beat that person that's next to me, sort of thing. Have that mentality of, you know, I'm going to be better than you, sort of thing. Yeah. And you know, you do have to be a bit ruthless about it. So um, I think I, I well, I, I know I still have that in, in me. So I want to keep my place in the team, play well, and that's something I've always carried through my my career. It's supposed to be a natural human emotion that any time, you know, like if you go, no matter what level of swimmer you are, you mm. go for a swim and you're next to someone in a yeah, lane and definitely. you're like, right, this is on. Um, but I don't know how, for many people, they would find that stressful mm. to be like around a person who's maybe your friend and yeah. to try and be ahead of them in the team sheet. How do you manage yeah. those two emotions? Um, I always manage it pretty well, I think. Um I think everyone within the, the dressing room knows the, the competition, the competing against each other. And uh yeah, ultimately that's that's the aim to be in the team. Um so I think everybody gets that. You know, you do have to be friends of Tark Tarks was a is a big example when he came to, to Burnley. Um I I just started playing centre half at that point. I've moved from left back to centre half and he came from, from Brentford actually, quite funny and um I think he felt like he was going to come in the team and I was going to move to left back, but <laughs> I really wanted to play centre half and that I felt that was my position. I'd been waiting for ages to play centre half. I was playing at fullback and you know it wasn't my preferred position. And then Tarts comes in and I'm thinking I'm going to have to play play well here and keep playing well. And yeah, um, yeah end up playing the rest of the season and doing well. And, and I think Tarky was a bit frustrated that he wasn't in the in the team. And I think mine his relationship probably didn't get off to the best of start because of, of that we didn't we weren't really that close but obviously you know we saw him coming to the team and you know we yeah we're, we're close like now so you know we're, we're friends and stuff we we were, we were friends but we were never really you know that felt like there was a little bit of you know move move over to left back and let me play center half a little bit but now we uh, you know obviously we ended up playing a long time together so um yeah that, that relationship went well and um, but you kind of won. No, yeah, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he had to wait for someone else to go out the team to to get in the team, not me. I wasn't letting him take my place. So yeah, that, that was it. That wasn't you know, it's my place. I'm keeping that place, and and that was my mentality. You obviously on the bench watching the team not do so well. How do you? How does that? How does that feel? Take us through it. Yeah, um, never a good watcher. Never a good watcher. You know, um, I wasn't fit enough to play, so it was it was frustrating. But you know, you feel like. You, you know, could I have gone out there? Could I have done that? Um, I, I hate being injured and always uh, trying to get back sort of fit. I've played a lot of games um, throughout my career. Um, you know, in seasons, I probably, last season was probably the one I've missed the most, I think. I think I'd missed about uh, 16 
18 games, something like that, because mm. of my leg and a couple of other injuries beforehand. That's the most I've, I've missed. Um, you know, and yeah, it's it's horrible to to see your your team not performing. You feel like I can I can do something here. Um, but no, I mean the team's been doing great recently. So you know, to see us go down like that, we played Villa at a time when obviously they sat the manager and um, the crowd were up. Yeah, I don't think you've been like that all season at Villa Park. So um, it was a very different environment. I think you know we, we kind of got overrun with it a little bit. And you know, our, our squad here is is, is still adapting to the Premier League you know had a great season last season um, you know and, and still sort of adapting I think to to the to the league and you know at times like that it's difficult to you know when the waves are coming at you it's hard to sort of keep your mind keep your head you know we give away a silly penalty and you know you've got to keep your head and, and stay focused and stay calm in, in their moments and, and you learn that as you sort of go because the Premier League is a, a tough place to, to play when, when things are going like that for sure yeah mm. I got the idea of like Maybe not, you know, like Harry Kane bearing down on you or like yeah, Erling yeah. Haaland as well. Yeah, there's a lot of good players, a lot of good players in the league. Yeah, I was just plucking people out of the air, but clearly if you've got Erling Haaland bearing down on you, what what's going through your head? How do you how do you manage that situation? Um, yeah, I've seen him barge a few people out of the way recently, so it's been, uh, you know, it's been tough for them defenders. Uh, you know, he's obviously a top-class player, top-class striker. He has been for a few years now and he's come over here and just carried it on. So, um, yeah, I mean... The, the team he's got around him as well doesn't help. You know, Kevin De Bruyne, um, just feeding balls in for him. Um, he's the one that's you know difficult to stop as well. I think yeah. he's, he he makes Harlan tick as well. I think he, they've made a really good partnership. So yeah, but you, know, you want to play against the, the best players in the world, and luckily enough to I'm lucky enough to be able to do that, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to to play against him if selected. And, of course, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah obviously <laughs> do my best against him. Um, you know, but yeah, I look forward to I look forward to playing against him. To be honest with you, it'll be a, a good challenge. Um, he's obviously a, a fantastic player, one of the best in the world. So yeah, definitely look forward to that. People talk about the fear factor though with some of these like mm-hmm. some of these guys who score that many goals. So you're saying you're trying to you're managing it in your brain like yeah. this is a positive. Almost. Yeah, you can't you can't fear it. You, you you're sort of losing the battle already if you if you're fearing it. You've got to try and rise to the challenge and. You know, it's something I've always tried to do. Played against a lot of really good players in in the past, so you try and rise to the challenge. You know, they, he has strengths. Um, you know, but you try and sort of work against that and, and and figure out you know how to combat that and how to you know defend against him. That's that's my job. So um, I'll be thinking about that all the time whilst whilst trying to play him. You know, where can I position myself? Where can I do this? Where can I do that? And that'll be going through my head when I'm when I'm playing against him. It's uh, it's managing your emotions presumably as much as just mm-hmm. knowing you you know your job. Yeah, for sure. Foden. Gundogan, now they've beaten the press, now they can go, now they're into the gap, Haaland has it, Haaland still, Haaland! (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Haaland has his first City match ball, it will not be his last. It's not just the finish, it's the play, it's it's appreciation, Foden finds a pocket, plays around the corner, Gundogan breaks the lines and then the movement... And the finish, I don't think I've had such a big a smile on my face in a long, long time. Because I've seen a young man who's living the dream. Absolutely living the dream. There's his hat trick going. You can just see it. Look at him. I love it. Yeah, we've got somebody really special. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. In terms of injuries, so when you were, I think when you were quite, what, were you 16 or mm. quite young when you broke your leg? Yeah. More yeah. than once? No, what twice, happened? Yeah, twice, twice, yeah. Yeah, yeah so a, a year out when I broke my leg. Um, so I broke it first time and then my first training session back, I broke it again. Um, no. So, oh, yeah, no. I was, when I got told the second time, I was literally like thinking my career's like, I'm not going to be able to play football and that yeah. stuff. So I was, this was sitting, when you were at City? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was sat in the, the hospital, like literally in tears, like, on my own, um, just been told I'd broken my leg the second time, and I was like, "Oh no, here we go again." Um, so yeah, that was tough, but you know, it, it's how you you come back from it, I guess, isn't it? And I was young enough to recover and 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 get back playing, so yeah, recovered well from it, and uh, you know, I was more determined than ever after that to to make up for last time. That is a mad setback, though. And then, of course, you didn't. You played, I think, like one game for City, right? And then you were loaned yeah. out. Yeah, played one game. I waited a long time for it as well. I was, uh, you know, I was never the the biggest centre half, so it was one of them. Do you drop down to League One, League Two, um, potentially not do well there because of the physicality of it, or mm. do you wait a little bit longer and try and go a bit higher um, to play to play there, uh, develop a bit more? So I waited. I was, um, I think I was twenty one when I made my debut. I might have just turned twenty one or twenty twenty one and played for City, um, my first game, and I went out on loan. 
on the January to, to Leicester. So that was the idea of, you know, just waiting that little bit longer and going straight into the championship. And, you know, I felt like it was a really good time. At, at the time, I wasn't, I was wanting to go out on loan. I was like, oh, I, okay. I, I couldn't see it myself. I wanted to be, you know, get out on loan. I was playing a lot in the reserves, but being patient, um, you know, a couple of good coaches around me, um, be patient, play. I was in and around the squad at City, just traveling, getting that experience with, with the first team. And then, um, yeah, went out on loan. And did well on loan and yeah, played against Eddie Howes Burnley, beat him four 0 played really well and then ended up playing for him the, the season after because you know, he watched me from from then on. Right. Did it it sounds like you're framing it that you know, these are all opportunities in the end, but at the time some of this stuff must have felt like a pretty big setback, no? Yeah. Um so so leaving City, uh it, it you know, it was it was tough. Um it was frustrating it was the time the money was all coming in and a lot of great players were coming in. So it was, it was great to play and train with all these players. Yeah. Um, but it was limiting your opportunities as well. Um, but moving out to Leicester, I felt like it was a real step up for me because I played a lot of reserve team football. So I, I just saw it as a, a step up and um, yeah, I think, I think the start of my career was then and um, I was going to make the most of it. I wanted to make the most of it. And uh, yeah, so I saw it as a step up. I didn't see it as a setback. So it was a real, you know, right. Now's the time to, you know, be a part of a first team. Whereas you you read the reserves, it doesn't really you, things aren't um, done for you around that club. It's it's sort of you're fitting around the club sort of thing. Whereas you, in the first team, things are evolving around you, we're all right. about you know, and, and everything's geared towards the first team and and how they perform on a, on a Saturday. And you know that was the experience that I got at Leicester, and you know I did quite well and, and moved on from there. So it's more like a sense of you did have a sense of security, even though you're saying, you know, you're always competing with mm. each other, but you yeah. did have more of a sense of like being at the core of something is basically what it was. Yeah, it, as part of a first team, even yeah. even during the last, the last of the time, we had a lot of uh, loanees there, so we couldn't all play at the same time. So it was sort of in and out and I was playing at full back, I was playing at centre half and it's kind of like, yeah, I, just, I really wanted to play centre half and show what I could do. And um, yeah, it was, you know, I was left out of a squad one time because there was too many loanees. And I was just <laughs> oh, like, oh my God, I, you know, <laughs> you know, but I felt, Felt like I, I deserved my my place, and you know I had to show it the next time. My first game for Leicester, my first league debut, I, I gave away two penalties. Uh, we won four two, but literally the first five minutes, I gave away a penalty, and my head was a mess. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god! After that game, I was just like, I just didn't know what to think. And we had a game on the Tuesday against Sheffield. I had to pull myself around and uh, end up getting man of the match in that game. So then you sort of like turned it round, and then you go from there. And, but all these setbacks, up downs you'd learn from and the mistakes I made uh, in, in that first league game I've not done again so um, yeah. just <laughs> that, learning from it yeah, so, that's so yeah. important though then that you had you played that game you completely fucked it up sorry mm. and then you but then you I were able to play to <laughs> yeah I, I we can't help yourself oh, okay <laughs> cool right. um, yeah you completely fucked it up and then yeah. you but then you were able to play again immediately yeah. presumably that that was a really important thing and, and again if you'd been doing that at City yeah. Who knows what would have happened? Yeah, no, um, for sure. I, the fact that I got that game straight away as well, so I played the Saturday and played on the Tuesday, um, I didn't end up fucking up again. So I, <laughs> I, you know, I went on to yeah play well that game, so that gave me a lot of confidence that I could, I could do that. And um, yeah, the second penalty shouldn't have been a penalty, but you know, I was just relieved. Sure. Off, but yeah, sure, it's long gone. It's completely <laughs> we've forgotten all about it. Yeah, it's completely yeah, forgotten. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, because it's the it's the mentality, but then it's also plus the opportunities, which I think is the the core to all yeah, of sure. all of the conversations we're mm -hmm. having around 
a footballer's career or, or a manager's career. Mm. Um, you do, and I think one of those things that where you seem to really come into your own as well was during the pandemic, but you were living this like incredibly difficult life because that was when your you and your wife had this situation where your daughter was born like unbelievably early, mm. right? Yep. Unbelievably teeny tiny, yeah. like f- like four months before she should have been effectively. Yeah, yeah basically, yeah, three and a half When you start before, putting it in that yeah. context, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's easier to understand for me anyway. I yeah. don't know. No, it was scary, yeah. yeah. Um, strange time all, all around, really, you know, what was going on with the country and then, yeah, having having a little girl there, you know, so small, born, born so early. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty terrifying, to be honest, yeah. So, Were you yeah. able to go in as, what was the deal about seeing her or... Yeah, so initially my wife was in hospital for three weeks before it all happened, so it was kind of difficult right. to see her as well at the time, COVID visiting times and and, and, it, and all that. Um, so she is there we had full time well, so. for three weeks? Yeah, um, pretty much, yeah. So Jesus. a week before she came, she was moved to a different hospital that could cope for premature babies because we felt like she was going to come um, early. Yeah. Um, so she was moved to another hospital. So, um, yeah, and then uh, Olive came came early 24 weeks and four days um and yeah she was so small trying to see her we had to go and see her separately um so we couldn't see her together so one in one out um seeing the other babies in there you just wanted to keep them Do the right okay thing. like yeah you know you didn't want to sort of put them in any danger because it was seven rooms full of premature babies um all different stages the intensive care and then the middle one and then the ones that are ready to sort of go home a little bit. So Olive was in the intensive care to start with and yeah, seven or eight babies in one room and all the all the monitors that were looking after them and one-on-one care with the nurses, incredible. I, honestly, it was incredible. And uh, yeah, the, the, the nurses that looked after her were, were fantastic, you know, one-on-one and that and stuff. So, um, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. She's, I mean, I've seen the pictures and she just yeah. looks like I'm... Un- Unbelievably tiny. It's yeah, yeah. Bizarre, one pound two. She really. was one pound two. So she was literally just in the palm of your hand, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she was uh, a little dot. But, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, I just feel emotional just thinking yeah. about it. I can't no, I imagine. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we're just. No, gonna, I do. Yeah. So, so. It's like yeah. you know. Thanks but for talking about it. To see her now, like it's incredible. Where she is now, where she, you know, how much she's developed, and you know, you wouldn't even thought she was a, a premier, and that goes all the way back to the people that looked after her and and how well she was she was cared for and. You know, we're so grateful and she's just healthy, healthy little girl now and running Aww. around two and a half causing chaos. So <laughs> as any two and a half year old does. So yeah. But she's totally healthy. She's great. Oh, she's yeah, she's proper feisty little girl, tough girl and yeah, she's um, she gives her brother a, a good, uh, you know, a, a tough time, like, you know, because she's a tough one. So, um, but yeah. The thing is about the pandemic, obviously, you because of that, you were then not, um, or it was strange with football, like in terms of when you were playing and being yeah. able to be at home. So that, I guess, gave you a chance to be more around Olive and and around your wife in that really difficult time, probably than it might have been possible otherwise. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, well, Olive was, in, uh, Olive was in hospital, so we yeah. had to split our time between being at home with, with our son and, and being at, uh, at the hospital. Um, and obviously training as well, training-wise. Yeah. Um, and then and games as well and, and, and playing games. So, yeah, it was, it was just trying to split the time in there. It was... You know, I found training a bit of a sort of a release, you know, just to mm. train for an hour and a half, two hours, um, just to take your mind off things a little bit. And then, um, yeah, it was uh, it was tough. So obviously finished training in the car into the hospital and, and go and see, see Olive. So at the end it was, 
Um, we were, we were sort of before Olive was coming out for last last three or four weeks. It was my wife doing the days, and then I was going in the nights, just just sitting with her for four hours, just literally with her on my chest and that <laughs> and stuff. So yeah, just spending a lot of time with her. Um, it's, it's important to have like body contact with you know skin on skin contact with with them. So I just literally lie there with with her on my chest, and she was still tiny then, <laughs> like not even you know the size of a, a regular baby so yeah just uh taking opportunities to to go and see her and and spend time with with her and, and our son as well I think it's an interesting thing in football generally with with the guys like um so at the weekend Bruno Gomes said he you know he's just had a kid with yeah. his partner and he hadn't been to sleep for two days and then he's playing against <laughs> yeah. beating Tottenham yeah. um but it's an unforgiving industry isn't it you, yeah, isn't you it? know people yeah. people will I remember Harry Kane I think he went to watch maybe went to watch some golf or something before a before a big game last season and it was mm. like oh my god I can't believe he's I mean it's a different scenario but you know what I mean they like people will look for any reason why or not yeah and it's a shame because you know players um you know especially the top boys they don't get a lot of spare time to go and do things they're playing week in week out they're playing you know international football um they get maybe get two weeks off in the summer it's a it's tough like I've got a lot of respect for for the top boys to to be able to do that and, and go and perform at the level that you have to perform, otherwise you get scrutinised and, and you know and um, a lot of uh, angry people towards them, you know, on, on all different directions. So, you know, it, it is uh, it's tough for for some players to to have that time to go and do it. So you have to take the opportunity when they can, and then obviously get you know criticised for it, yeah, yeah criticised for for doing that when when they do. But then with having a kid, to return to that point, like. If anything, that's way more important than playing well in yeah. fucking game of football, really. Yeah, but nobody sees. No, <laughs> you don't see that side of it. You know, you don't see that side. You're getting up at whatever time in the morning to to you know help out the your wife and your family because you know you might need to do that. You definitely need to do that even. And uh, yeah, and then you got trade in the morning. But then I think sometimes I notice it a bit more now when if I know a player has had a, the first child, you just see the performances drop a little bit yeah, some, well, every now and again. But, you, you, but sometimes you don't know. You don't. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but that could be anything. That could be a, a player carrying an injury, you know, and, and things like that. And players playing through something that you just don't know. It, it works for for all sorts of scenarios, and and performances can drop without without people actually knowing what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, mm. and there's not a lot of sympathy around, really. Well, there's, there's a lot of criticism still. There's, yeah, there's I mean, it's so. is that part of why you wanted to talk about it more openly to talk about things that are going on for you. Just to be um, like, not, this no, is human. Me. I mean, I, I find it for me, I, I like talking about it because it, it's sort of a little bit sort of therapeutic for me, I guess, a little bit. I, I don't know, I feel like, you know, talking about it is, is gets it off my chest and, I, you know, I can talk about it. But I've had some, so much positive feedback as well from people, um, not just not in football, but, in, you know, in uh, society that, you know, men have, have messaged me and said, oh, thanks for talking about that. And, you know, I've got... A, young son who's you know a daughter who's you know been born premature and um you know find it really tough and, and things like that so I think as well that encourages me to talk about it even more so um yeah, yeah you're not shooting me up just yet <laughs> so, <laughs> no, yeah. It's, it's so no, yeah. I, it's so good and I think you know there's on the one hand there's the vulnerability of 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 being open about it and and how much that really does help people mm -hmm. but then on the other hand there's the constant criticism that yeah. is in football so that must yeah. make the vulnerability being vulnerable, even more vulnerable in some ways. Yeah, but yeah, the criticism is going to be there whether you talk about it or not. It's <laughs> going to be about something, isn't it? You're going to get criticised for something or, or another. So um, you kind of just shut, shut yourself off to it a little bit. I think a lot of players do that. Um, yeah. Well, I hope a lot of players do that. I mean, I think young lads 
maybe probably take it on a little bit more. There's a lot more pressures on on them now, especially the, the scrutiny of become or even being part of a professional club, being a player from yeah. a young age, you're going to get that attention, and uh, it's how you deal with it. You know, it's it's difficult. Yeah, I you said that you'd been doing quite a lot of. Is this right? You've done quite a lot of reading during the over the last year. Yeah. Like you've been reading Malcolm Gladwell and things like that. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I, I read quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so it's, yeah. is it kind of focused around? So it's non-fiction predominantly. Yeah, yeah, non-fiction. Yeah. So yeah. you're not yeah. okay. So yeah. you're but you're trying to build that into your career and yeah, and just find trying different... to learn. Yeah, learn different things. Um, what do you make of the ten thousand hours thing then? Uh, I've I've read things, you know, uh, denouncing it, and you know that, that people don't agree with it. Um, I think there's some truth to it. Think some yeah. truth to it. I think it's all down to practice, really, and and just working on something you enjoy, and it doesn't feel like sort of you you, you can't focus. Oh, I've got to do this for ten thousand hours. <laughs> it's kind of you know, if you're thinking about it like that, you're not really enjoying it, are you? So you know, you got to do something you enjoy. Um, yeah. Me playing football on the streets was something that I did. I didn't think about it in any sort of way that it was. You know, I was thinking oh, I've got to have to practice because I want to do my hours, or you know, we need to get some hours in. I think you know that's that's not the right way to go about it. If you want to do it, you do it. And you'll enjoy it and you'll get that time in over the years well that's part of it as well isn't it having had the mentality to be able to put in the time as well yeah, sure. that's yeah. part of the talent I part, of the, so. part yeah. of the gift I guess yeah got to ask then how do you feel about the World Cup <laughs> being in Qatar I know I'm sorry you never made it to the England team I don't, I don't know if that hurts as in like not this one specifically hey, but generally he's not named the squad yet has he <laughs> 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 is this announcement uh, um guys uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah no yeah. all right sorry it's all right i feel like you're not gonna you made it all the way up through yeah, um, did, yeah. all, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the age yeah. group you know yeah. that, that must have been incredible but in yeah. terms of uh playing for england more you know getting a cap that, yeah. does that does that affect you when you're watching um, the team no i mean my ambition was always to play for england growing up um premier league and and play for england that was what i wanted to do um, and that's sort of driven me for for a while. Um, obviously, being able to play in the Premier League, that the first season was amazing. Getting relegated was like, oh, no. and then going back up and actually being able to play in the Premier League for a prolonged period was, you know, fantastic. So, I think I've, I've come to accept it. Like, you know, if, you know, you're not going to quite get there. Um, but I think from to where I've got to, it, that's sort of been part of my drive, sort of thing. So, from a young age, so it's yeah. helped me. Try and try and get there. So it's helped me be a better player to try and strive to to be the best or I can be. Um, and I, I feel like I I am being the best I can be. So that that kind of you know if it's not quite good enough to play for England, then that's that's it. So you know there's not much I can do about that. So I feel like I'm I'm always trying to do my best. So um, yeah, that's uh, I'm still trying to get on that sh- that plane to uh, to Qatar. But, uh, <laughs> that's so good. I, mean, I love that. <laughs> do you, do you feel like does it affect you when you watch the games? Do you feel, or do you, as in like... Is it England games? Yeah, does it um, hurt? No, not, not really. I've always been a, a fan. I went to, the, to Wembley to watch England-Germany in, in uh, oh, the Euros and went with my brother, took my brother and we had a great day and yeah. you know, loved being a, being a fan for the day. So yeah. that's not something I get to do often. So it was great to, to do that and supporting the lads and I know a few of the boys that, that are there and things. So, um, no, look, you have them times when you think, oh, I, could, I could do it, I, I could do it, I could do it, but... Yeah. Look at that pass. Like, look no, at that I'm, bit of crap yeah. last <laughs> yeah, exactly, I am yeah. made for this. Yeah. No, every, everyone does that, though, don't they? So, yeah, I as a fan, <laughs> exactly. So, um, but yeah, I, no regrets at all about, about the way it's gone or the way it's going at the minute. So, um, like I say, just, just trying to enjoy myself. And I've, 
yeah, enjoy everything. Harry Kane wants it played into him. He chooses Grealish instead. It's Grealish, it's Kane! England have a two-goal lead! Harry Kane has faced so many questions, but there's no better answer than that! Five minutes before the end of a crucial clash with Germany, Harry Kane has his first goal of the European Championships. England 2, Germany 0. And, and Qatar, I mean, I've just seen on the way here that probably, um, somebody's just been arrested for um, uh, in Qatar for like an LGBT protest and, and all that stuff. What do, yeah. you, what do you make of the fact that we're all there for November, December this year? Yeah, it's, it's concern, isn't it? Um, I hope, hope the fans are, are all going to be okay there. Um, controversial, uh, very controversial. But that's that's been the choice of what they've chosen. Does everyone agree with it? No. Um, is anybody going to anything about it? Probably not, you know. Um, it's difficult, it's difficult. And to see, yeah, the way people are treated over there, it's just, yeah, it's not right, it's not right. Do you feel people are trying to speak, people are speaking, like, you know, we've heard various people from the yeah. team having the chance to speak about it. And that's yeah. one of the things people say, like, oh, it's good that we're, like, but shining a light. People, people are, are worried about saying the wrong thing as well. I think that's, you know, and getting criticism from it. Um, even myself now, you know, what should I say or what shouldn't I say? I, you know, it's difficult. Um, yeah, I don't agree with, with how they go about things over there. No, I don't, I don't agree with it. Um, but if I got, you know, if I was in the England team, would I still want to play in the World Cup? And, you know. I'd feel a bit, I'd feel bad, like, being there and, and seeing what happens there, for sure. Um, but, yeah, it's difficult for players to, to speak out about, I think. What do you think it'll do to the football generally, given that it's in the middle of the season in this weird position, for English teams, obviously? Yeah, I think, you know, at the minute, um, you know, it could be that a team's going well at the minute and then have a big break and, you know, all of a sudden they're not doing so well after after summer or... Well, after the, the summer. After the not-summer. After, after, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the winter. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you could find it the other way around. Some play, some teams that are struggling, you know, um, might all of a sudden have a have a good break and come back and, and you know, start start well and have the second half of the season, you know, going well. And, it, you know, the table could turn on its head. Not on its head, obviously, but, um, yeah. I don't, can't see City coming back and... <laughs> And, uh, yeah. Especially given that Holland's not even playing. Anymore. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wish he was, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It'd be it'd be nice to see him in the in the World Cup for sure. But um, yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how teams react from from the winter. What what can we expect for the what are you looking at for the rest of the season then uh, with Brentford? So it sounds like you know you've got you've been playing pretty much every game. I think ninety minutes yep. Um, yep. up until most yeah, recent yeah, yeah. one. Yeah. So is that what you're hoping to achieve for the rest of the season? How do you think you fit into the plans? Uh, personally, yeah, I want to play play every game. I want to, um, yeah, definitely play every game, improve, you know, as much as I can. Uh, I know I'm not going to improve masses, masses amounts now, but I'm going to improve and keep improving and, and, and keep learning. And uh, and yeah, for the for the group, I think we've got a really good group here, a really good squad, good coaching staff, good manager. Um, you know, there's good details within what we do. I think it's just getting them right. I think it's getting that away form right. And once we get that away form right, this place is tough to come. 
Um, teams don't like coming here. No. Uh, Chelsea didn't like it the other night. And obviously we've seen Brighton come here. We beat them and Man United. So we've had some really good form here. I was here for the 5-2 Leeds win as well. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, Leeds. Obviously we had a bit of a down, down game against Arsenal. We were flying at the minute. Yeah. Really good side. But um, there's some really talented players here. And uh, yeah, we just need to get that away form right and we can have a really good season. Awesome. Last thing, you should tell us, um, I know you've done lots of work with Tommy's is the charity, isn't it, that you've been working with, yep. who work with premature kids. Can you just tell us a bit about that or if anyone wants to read more about it or if anyone's listening and needs help? Or, yeah, or no, like Tommy's that? UK, yeah. Um, help with um, families, um, support families who have uh, miscarriages, uh, lost children, um, premature births. Um, and yeah, they're a fantastic charity. And something that, you know, I've been working alongside them um, in the recent recent past and yeah, looking forward to doing more work with them and, you know, they do a great job. So, yeah, really support them. Awesome. And just by talking as well, that's really helpful. Thank you so much Thank for you. me yeah, for cheers. joining us on the job in. That was awesome. Nice one. Ah, oh, what an outstanding man. God, he's got some range, hasn't he? We had everything from the Deich dynamic to player managers and why politicians don't like it when footballers get chatty. He was pretty diplomatic on some subjects too, wasn't he? I uh, don't know if you spotted it, but I feel like he wouldn't make a bad politician himself. And he he very nearly had me going when he was talking about little Olive. Oh my goodness. Well, thanks to Ben and to Brentford for helping us get this set up and also for loaning us the away dressing room. And thanks to you for listening. I love getting the chance to catch up with you all. Do drop me a line with anyone we should get on or any questions, anything like that. I'm at KBL Mason and the general Ramble account is at Football Ramble on Twitter. Assuming Elon doesn't shut us all down. And we'll catch you next time. Take care of yourselves. This was a Stack production and part of the Acast Creative Network. I enjoyed you telling um, those guys that you could do a hunt. 1,157 keepy-uppies. Oh, yeah, that was my record as a kid, yeah. So I always remember that. I don't, believe, I don't really believe it. Yeah, my mate counted. So he sat on the... On, we were on the road, and my mate was counting on the... He was sat on the wall, just counting my keepy-uppies. And every time a car came, I had to gum off the keepy-up and come on the pavement and then go back on the, on the road on the car had gone, so... <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The secret to summer ready skin is here. Osea's number one best selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.